Sarah, our sponsor Vionic is back today with their Vionic Vitals collection. These shoes are the most essential styles for everyday wear to get us ready for spring, which will be here before we know it. We've already talked about my Uptown Loafers and Willa Slip On Flat and your Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, but this collection also includes the Walk 23 Classic Sneaker. That is that unapologetic dad sneaker style that's so popular right now. And I was just thinking having all four styles would basically be like having a spring capsule wardrobe for your feet. Oh my gosh, that is actually such a genius idea, Megan. I love where you're going with this. You know, high quality shoes are such a classy way to elevate your wardrobe. And the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection really can be worn in your everyday mom life, whether you're running errands or dressing up for an occasion. Yeah, and let's talk about the comfort factor, Sarah. Vionic actually got started by revolutionizing medical orthotics. Today, they continue to use that science to make cute and comfortable shoes that can keep up with our active lifestyles. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis here, as always, with Sarah Powers. Happy holidays, Sarah. I mean, it's really getting there, it's Megan. There. Uh, okay, so the other day, my son says to me, um, Mom, there's only eight more days of school left before break. And I was like, no, there's not. I argued. I full on <laughs> argued with him because I thought we had a whole nother week. Yeah, someone said to me next week, because this is coming out yeah. Friday. So next week is the last week of classes. And someone said that to me, something about teacher gifts next week. Yeah. And I was like, no, it's not next week, but it <laughs> is guys. And then you're like, oh, oh, oh wait. Yeah, so this is our fourth um, in a series of holiday specials. And we're doing one of our very favorite things to do. And that is answer your questions. We get a lot, but we, get, we especially get a lot around certain themes and certain times of year, I yeah. feel like, mm -hmm. and the holidays, you know, things come up and they're like, everyone has the same sort of five problems, but they all come out in a little bit of a different way. Yes. You know? <laughs> yes. And it's the kind of thing that like, again, this is where the benefit of our hindsight and experience, we can, we can sort of lovingly pat you guys on the back and be like, it's, it's all going to be okay. Gonna like, be okay. but we totally get why yeah. these holiday stressors are stressors. Um, but it's hopefully you guys come out of this episode feeling like, okay, it, it's not the end of the, we didn't get it's any questions okay. that I feel like are life or death questions. No, I don't think so either. I, I was just at a yoga class earlier and I have to tell you this, was, I thought this was so, um, funny and kind of, uh, and just kind of relevant to this is we were like, we were holding this pose for a really, really, really long time with this squatty. I'd never done it before. Okay. A Buddha squat it was basically like a plie, but we just held it forever. Okay. And we came out of it and everyone's like sweating and, you know, dying, groaning and dying. And she says, well, that was hard, but we're OK. And it just made me laugh because I was like, yes. it's true. It was hard. But like, here yes. we all are. We all made it. Yeah. We're all going to make it to the next one. So, yes, that is oh. like our mission to validate <laughs> that this is hard. And also, and then, yeah, it, you will okay. be OK. Megan, spring is one of our family's busiest seasons with tons of time on the go. There are so many places to be and details to remember. And the last thing I need is the constant irritation of uncomfortable shoes. So today we're talking about the Vionic Vitals collection from our longtime sponsor, Vionic Shoes. These are the best essential shoe styles for everyday wear this season. 
So Katie on our team is getting ready for warmer weather in Chicagoland with a pair of Vionic's Bella Toe Post sandals. These are Vionic's best-selling flip-flop style, and they have a cute little bow on them. They come in nine great colors, but Katie chose a versatile black patent leather. They're super supportive for her high instep, and they even come in wide sizes, which is a great option. Yeah, the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection are classics that don't really go out of fashion. And because they're such great quality, they're going to last as well, even with daily wear, which mine definitely get. And I love that Vionic offers a 30-day guarantee. Wear them, love them, or return them for a full refund within 30 days. But I have a feeling after those 30 days, our listeners will love their Vionic shoes so much they'll be ready to order another pair. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at Vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya, is back on the show today, and I just really love this company. Typical children's vitamins are basically candy in disguise. They're filled with two teaspoons of sugar, unhealthy chemicals, and other gummy junk most parents don't really want their growing kids eating. That's why Haya, the pediatrician-approved, super-powered, chewable vitamin, was created. That's right, Megan. Haya fills in the most common gaps in modern kids' diets to provide the full-body nourishment they need. And Haya vitamins have a yummy taste kids love, too. So we were just talking to Katie on our team, Megan, and she was saying that when they get down toward the bottom of the Haya vitamin bottle, her boys are fighting over who gets the last one. Oh, I love it. And I also love that Katie can feel good about that, right? Haya is designed for kids of all ages and sent straight to your door. So parents never need to worry about running out. And we've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash mom hour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. All right. So shall we take our first question? Yeah, let's play it. It comes from Julia. Hi, Megan and Sarah. This is Julia from Massachusetts, and I have a question for you guys. Um, I'm kind of stumped regarding what to give my five-month-old for the holidays as she basically wants for nothing because she has an older brother who's three years old and he has everything he needs. Thus, we have everything we need. Um, We're pretty minimal and try to keep toys to a sane number. And I'm all for the experiential gift giving idea, but something about a membership to a museum or an ice cream gift card seems a little lost on somebody that young. Um, Our families have been asking us what they can give her for the holidays and we keep telling them to contribute to her 529 but I think they secretly think that's boring and want to give her something fun and tangible and they want her to you know rip open that wrapping paper during the holiday season so we also have a niece around this age who's also the second child so it's a bit of a double head scratch for me this holiday season and then of course thinking ahead for um, her birthday and things like that you know what do you give that second child that special and feels new and, you know, but also keeping things to a minimal experiential gift if possible. Thanks so much, guys. Love your show. Okay, Sarah, I might need a little reminding or a little bit of like, you know, accuracy check here. Um, I never had a five month old at the holiday. I did have Clara would have been about eight months old and the other boys would have been you know, less than five months old. Yeah, you have like fall babies. So they I were either fall, tiny. Four fall or... babies. So they were either teeny or like Clara was like on the bigger end of infancy. Yeah. But my memory of five months old babies is from birthday or other people's, you know, events and things is that they don't really open gifts. No. They don't really have the dexterity to do that, right? 
So I feel like Julia's already being set up kind of by her family. Yeah. To like have her baby do something her baby can't do. Yes. <laughs> and maybe I'm wrong about that, but I would, I'm picturing gnawing. They yeah. can gnaw the gift, maybe yeah. dissolve the paper with their slobber. Oh, so yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So that's not a thing, right? No, there's okay. nothing. This is not about the baby enjoying their Christmas morning. The right. baby would like milk. And a nap. And I feel like the baby at this point could grab its feet if it really wanted to. Yeah, mm-hmm. or Five months old love. Like <laughs> flail around. They could flail. Like if you held something in front of them, they might smack it. Yeah. They could yeah. hold on to they could hold on to a ball of wrapping paper and eat it. Yep. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. I just wanted to make sure. It's been a while since I've had a five month old, but I just wanted to make sure like developmentally I was thinking of the right stage. Okay. So so with that in mind, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with her family wanting to give the baby a real gift, but like I don't feel like what's inside that wrapping paper necessarily needs to be any more fun because either way, it's lost on the baby. It's totally right? lost on the baby. And let's be real clear. This is mostly about well-meaning relatives wanting to sort of keep things even or equal. Yeah, so yeah. if there's an older um a big brother who's three, I think, right? So a three-year-old obviously is going to get a pile of presents and really enjoy it. So nobody wants to feel like they're purposely jipping the baby, but that's an adult sensibility. That is not on the five-month-old's radar or the three-year-old's radar. So, okay, given that this is an adult need, not a baby need, I do have some, I have some thoughts. Um, Julia said that she does like the idea of experiential gift giving, but something about giving that to someone so young, it's going to seem lost on them. I actually wanted to flip that around and say, because everything's going to be lost on the five-month-old. Yeah, exactly. Nothing is not lost on them. So so do the thing that's good for you. Yeah, exactly. I actually think an experience gift for the family Maybe paired with, um, you know, a Sophie giraffe or a rattle or a teething ring or something for the five month old to grab onto. But I don't think an experience gift is a bad idea to ask for if we're talking about the generous grandparents type of thing. I also was thinking back to that age. So I had a I have like late spring babies. So I did have one six month old at Christmas and a seven month old at Christmas. Um, I remember Reed one year and he is the second. So when he his first Christmas, he was six months old and we got one of those. swings that can hang from like a tree or you can bolt it to your patio, like an outdoor plastic swing. Um, Wasn't something we'd gotten with the first kid. And it was something that he grew into and the next baby used. But I would think about those things that you want to add to your family's collection of stuff. Things like maybe a mini picnic table or a mini table and chairs or a play kitchen. I'm actually thinking of things that are really for one and two year olds. Um, Yeah. But it's stuff that you want to add to your family's collection of stuff. And it can be the big ticket gift for that five month old. They're not going to like we said, everything's lost on them. So why not use it as an opportunity to, you know, ask for something that's going to bring meaning and joy to your whole family and the relatives will be fine. I mean, yeah. 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 And and also, I think, you know, there's a there's a way you can pair them. Right. So there's yes. more yes. sounds like multiple relatives. It's not just one. Right. Um. So maybe, hey, I love the idea of contributing to the uh, the 529 yeah. account or, you know, getting that museum membership for your whole family because it's something you could all use that can be pricey. Yeah. Um. And maybe something like that could be combined, like you said, with like like a board book yeah. or something little. And yeah. it can be something your baby won't appreciate until they're one or two years old. But who cares? I actually think that giving gifts to infants that are meant for one to two year olds is a great strategy in general because that first year goes by really fast. Yep. And if the baby's five months, you know, he's going to have a birthday in another six months. But there might be things that... um he can kind of grow into. I think personalized gifts are, do really well. I always wanted, you know, those little wooden stools with their name personalized. Yes, I great. never yep. 
had one of those for any of my kids. And I think they're so cute or the chair, like the child size kind of lounge chair or the, you know, the, the upholstered chair, that type Mm -hmm. of thing. Um, Again, the five month old isn't quite there, but it won't be very long until he is. So those are the types of things I think that um, I would have gone for. And those are, some of those are a little pricier, but then you can just scale down from there and think about um, board books and kind of musical instruments. And that's the kind of thing they can start gnawing on when they're little, like the xylophones and stuff. They can like hold it and go, it's brightly colored. Yay. They're not going to play it yet, but they will eventually. Yep. No, I think so. And I also wanted to mention to Julia. So last year we did all those gift guide episodes. And for this year, all of the links have been updated. And Katie and I did um, an episode that was focused on babies through toddlers. And there's a lot of specific, very specific gift recommendations for all ages in there. But I guess like the big picture for Julia is don't don't focus too much on what the baby's going to enjoy on Christmas morning. I think you can appease the relatives and ask for something that your family will enjoy. And there's some there's something there. There's something there. Yep. Agreed. All right. Hopefully we solved that one. Solved it. Check. Next. (laughs) Let's move on. All right. Uh, This next question comes from Savannah. Hi, Megan and Sarah. I was wondering if you have any tips and tricks for a first time mama of a 15 month old um, that will be hosting Christmas for the very first time this year. I also work full time, so I'm trying to figure out how to find time to finish Christmas shopping, decorate and plan a party for 20 people. Uh, My toddler is also going through a clingy phase and she only wants me like she won't even go to her dad when I'm in the room. So I have no idea how I'm going to host and enjoy Christmas. I feel like I've bitten off more than I can choose. So any help would be greatly appreciated. Thank you. All right, Savannah, this is hard. Uh, First of all, 15 month olds just have to put it out there. They're hard. One-year-olds are the worst. If you're new around here, that's an established fact. Um, (laughs) Clingy one-year-olds are really hard. And I just, I hear you and I see you on that. It's really, really normal. And having a one-year-old who's clingy to you and the responsibility of hosting all those people, that is a lot. So I guess we're just saying like, we hear you and we see you. Um, I, I have kids who remained clingy and did not behave well when I hosted things far into their preschool and little kid years. And that is... It is really like some PTSD around it. again, Right. Because actually, if you really enjoy hosting and entertaining, which Megan, I think both you and I do, Mm -hmm. it's not that you don't want to do that. You would actually really like to. And then you have these little leg clinging people who don't. So I will say all of mine were like that, except for Clara. And when I had Clara, I remember having a party. I think it must have been Halloween when she was like 16 or 17 months old. And she just sat there the whole time. And I don't even know what she did. She amused herself. Uh And I was like anxious because she wasn't bothering me. Like I kept didn't know what to do with yourself. I didn't know what to do because I got to enjoy the party. It was the first time in all of those years I'd enjoyed a party, whether I was hosting or not. Yeah. Because they were equally clingy, you know. Yeah. So at that with a baby that age, like it just comes with the territory. And so like as much as you can make this easier on yourself and relax your, you know, expectations of yourself. I think the better off you're going to be. Yes, absolutely. We just hosted our annual caroling party and my kids, my younger two are almost six and eight. And those two have always made that caroling party hard because they don't like that we're having all these people over and that my attention's divided. Yeah. And this was the first year. So, I mean, we're talking like this goes on for a while. So given that um, you're, you're, one-year-old's only going to be one, one Christmas. So I would really prioritize, think about what you can get done when she is napping or, um, completely 
doing something else. So maybe daddy can take her for a walk or an errand. And then really think about, like, think about then the essentials that you have to get done that you really can't do while you're multitasking as Mm -hmm. a mom. And then I think a lot of our advice on this is going to be let quite a bit go. So, Mm -hmm. um, Uh, well, I also want to say you're planning a party for 20 people. I mean, just because it's happening in your house, I think that you can expect that people are going to bring food. People are going to help in some way, you know, not just show up and expect you to do everything. I would hope. Yep. I think you can make that request. Yep. Absolutely. So it's possible that, you know, if last year you just had an infant, so this is maybe um, Savannah's first year really like feeling the weight of both like being a mom at the holidays. And then also maybe, maybe she's holding herself to expectations of even free pre kids. She works. Yeah. So here I'm going to repeat what she said. She works full time. She's trying to figure out how to finish the Christmas shopping, the decorating and plan a party for 20 people. I don't think you can. So, (laughs) so, um, bringing in help. I I think one, one really simple tip is to make sure your partner knows how you're feeling. Like just to just like have Mm -hmm. a quick powwow and say, I do not know how I'm physically going to get all this done. I need you to help me. And I do this. And often the answer is you can't do all that. So what can you outsource or decide not to do this year? Um, Or I don't know, like bring in, you got to call in reserves somehow because it probably can't all happen. And often when you like write it all down or spill it all out to your husband, the things kind of rise to the surface that Mm. you realize like maybe that's not yeah. Essential. In my mind, it's essential, but maybe it's not totally essential. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I would also recommend the day of the party, like the hour or two before, um, try to get your spouse to take the baby out of the house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that, like mm-hmm. during that mm-hmm. planning time, because yeah. that's probably when you're going to feel the crunch the most. And I just, I'm like, again, I'm having that feeling of like sweaty, <laughs> like sweating and holding up, like there's a baby clinging to the back of your leg and you're desperately trying to get these last few things done. Um, I, I get a cleaning service to come yep. if you can, like the day before or even the morning of like as close to that time as you possibly can right. have them come. Like, I just think the more that you can kind of call on the troops on the stuff that you do need yeah. to do or really want to do, like if having a clean house is important to you, you don't have to do that. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And things like paper plates, like simple things like paper plates for dessert. Maybe you don't want to do paper plates for the main meal, but you can do paper plates for dessert or something like picking up a bunch of pies instead of cooking or, you know, asking that relative who, you know, is going to be willing to come over two hours early and help with the prep. So it's it's like breaking it down into those manageable chunks and looking at each thing and be like, okay, what what small incremental change would help my overall stress level? And everything from what you said, Megan, about getting the toddler out of the house for a couple hours to, you know, calling in the reserves for helping, shopping online. Um, And I I think one final thing that I know helps me is because I'm a good planner, I tend to think of all the detail. You know this about me. I think of all the details way ahead of time, which is a, it is a benefit and a skill. But sometimes I have to remind myself that there is a, there's value in the last minute. And there are things that there's no point in worrying about them right now because they're going to happen at the last minute. So, and when you think about them too far in advance, it's like, it gives you more time for them to circle through your head over and over. Then it feels like five details instead of one. Exactly. It feels like, (laughs) it it feels like a bigger to-do list than it actually is because there are, so just get out your journal, get out your list making, sit down with your husband or your mom or whoever's going to be kind of your ally in this. And um, I don't know, just kind of work through it and see if those priorities kind of sort themselves out. And in the end, 
I mean, remember my mantra this Christmas is let your heart be light. Like Mm -hmm. most of this will fall away as non-essential and you and your little family are, will have a great Christmas and your extended family hopefully will just have fun and appreciate all the work you did. It's not, it does not have to be perfect. One other thing I want to say is, you know, I also, we were talking mostly about the prep and all the stuff you do ahead of time, but think about the way you want to be while the party is happening. That's really hard to do too with a toddler because you know, that even if everything's perfect, even if you had party planners come in and set everything up for you and you didn't have to do any of that, the fact is you are going to have 20 people in your house yeah. and a 15 month old. Yeah. So like, which, you know, who, who do you want to be yeah. in that time? Do you want to be the person who's really doesn't have much left to do or, or yeah. nothing you're expecting yourself to do so you can sit and dangle the baby on your knee yeah. and enjoy yourself? And you know what I mean? Or do you want to be rushing around? And I feel like sometimes like if you enjoy hosting and I do enjoy host hosting, there's like a lot of satisfaction in that hustle and bustle, but this might not be the year for it. Right. This might not be the year for you hurrying and scurrying around the kitchen and filling everyone's drinks. And this might just not be. And others will see that and they'll step up. I mean, I will. People get it. People get it. I have now that reminded me of one more thing I want to say, which is I was just listening to the girl next door podcast and they had a holiday episode and Erica was talking about how, Um, she makes time to go get herself ready and do hair and makeup because when you leave that to the last minute, it never gets done, first of all. And there's nothing worse than kind of feeling sweaty and yeah. So build in that like as an element of self-care, if you can build that in as a priority, if, if it is a priority so that you can feel really good about yourself because it's, we, we tend to give and give and give and give and it feels nice to have a little mascara on. Yeah. So that was hard, but everything's okay. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So yes, that's hopefully how you'll feel at the end of your party. We are welcoming back Olive and June as a sponsor. And Megan, I'm so excited about this partnership because with spring right around the corner, I love refreshing the little things in my life, including my manicure. I am the biggest fan of doing my nails at home instead of at a salon because it's convenient, so much cheaper at just $2 a mani, and the results can't be beat. It all begins with Olive and June. Yeah, Olive and June's Manny System has everything you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. These are profesh tools designed just for DIY. A couple of the items included are their best-selling Poppy, which makes it so easy to brush on a smooth coat, even with your non-dominant hand, which you do have to use about half the time, it turns out, (laughs) and their award-winning cuticle serum, which is so nourishing and a finishing touch I love. Well, I've been a big fan of their quick dry polish for a while now. It seriously dries in about a minute, making it perfect for busy moms. Visit oliveandjune.com slash the mom hour for 20% off your first mani system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash T-H-E-M-O-M-H-O-U-R for 20% off your first mani system. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Well, I guess let's get to our next question. I like this one. Let's play it. Hello, the mom hour. This is Ishana calling from Austin, Texas. My Christmas question for you is, how do you keep yourself so organized during the holiday season? Do you use a lot of to-do lists? Do you use a Christmas planner? 
I'd like to know. Thanks. Okay, Ishana, I think it is so flattering that you think we're organized. <laughs> and I guess Sarah probably is. I, but I want to just say for myself that I think a lot of when we look in at more experienced moms, what looks like organization may actually be something more like muscle memory. Mm -hmm. um, and particularly around the holiday, that's when like those traditions and routines and rituals like are my friend because it's 21 plus years of habit that have got me to where I look like I have my crap together at the holiday, much more so than actually being organized. So I just want to put that out there, like right from the beginning. Like, I know, Sarah, you've got some actual practical tools. And I, of course, I use like a Google spreadsheet for gifts and stuff like that. But for the most part, it's just that I've done it so many times that like, and because it's sort of the same year to year, I don't have to reinvent the wheel. I know kind of my limits as far as how much I can take on. Mm -hmm. And that took time. It just yeah. took time. Yeah. I, yeah. as you were talking, I was thinking, I mean, if you pulled back the curtain on any mom's yes. December, you're going to see some parts that are running smoothly, probably, and some that are a hot mess. And nobody, no planner or system is going to fix that. It's just a crazy time of year. And it I is. think most moms feel like there's like one plate spinning that might just fall at any one moment. So just know that that's really organized. And then having said that, yeah, I think it's, it's fun to think about organizational tips. So I'll just, I mean, my general list making organizational system happens in a moleskin notebook. And I have one notebook for the entire year. It's a blank notebook. It's similar to bullet journaling, but I don't have the, I don't, I've never read up on the actual method of bullet journaling. Right. Um, but the notebook is pretty similar. And I generally have side-by-side um, -side to-do lists for different areas of my life. So for work, I have a side-by-side -side one for the life listened part of our business, one for the mom hour. And then um, beside that, I have just like a life or personal to-do list. And then there's always room because that's like if you picture like an open notebook, there's kind of two side-by-side -side pages. And there's room below and above and on the side. And I will often like spin off another what kind of categorized list. So I feel like the the more wheel or the more plates I have spinning, the more lists there are going. Mm -hmm. And as long as they're all in that notebook and I'm looking at that notebook regularly, um, then eventually it all gets done. That's the beauty yeah. or it doesn't. And Christmas happens yeah. anyway. <laughs> well, I was actually just going to say like the other side of that is I, no matter how disorganized I've ever been at the holiday, no matter how close I get to that big day without having all my shopping done or wrapping, it always either gets done in the end or never needed to get done. Yep. I've never not had Christmas. Yes. It's all, it's always happened. And so I think if you're finding that you have all these tools that you're using and they're good tools and, and they seem like they should be helping, but you still can't seem to get it together, something probably needs to drop off. Yeah. Yeah. Or and that's, you, not, and that's okay. Yeah. And that's okay. Or you can just sort of go a little easy on yourself that it, you may never feel totally on top of it during right. the holidays. And that's kind of part of the holidays. It is. Um, and if you end up having like a like a mad 48 hour dash, you know, you'll say to yourself, that was hard. Yeah. And I'm OK. okay. And I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> It'll still happen. It will. Um, I, I want to mention a couple other specific things. If you are new around here, you might not know that I, ha I keep a digital calendar, but I print it out every week. So that's like a hybrid of my calendar exists in Google Calendar, but I always have a one page printout of that week that 
kind of I fold and stick into my notebook. And during the holidays, I actually print like two or three weeks ahead because it's just help. There's something about that piece of paper that feels easier for my brain than looking on the screen. Um, and then I'll, I'll cross something out or write something in that I want to remember on that day. So I, I definitely rely on that. It's funny she asked if we use a Christmas planner. I'm sure there are things like that out there. I have never. But I remember one or two years when I really wanted to start taking the kids to more kind of events and things in the community, I did grab an old folder and I would tuck in little like newspaper or flyers that I'd see and I'd tuck them all in there so that I had them in one place. I mean, that's not like a a true Christmas planner, but you can do little things like that because the paper, the papers at this time of year can get really overwhelming. So if you have a place that you stick those or a bulletin board or whatever, I think that can help. Yeah, agreed. You mentioned your Google spreadsheet for gifts. Yeah. Do you do anything else like that? No, I just have my running to-do list. I have a notebook too. Yeah. Um, it's, it's right now, currently I'm not using a real moleskin, but it looks like one. It's like the same size. Okay. I got it at TJ Maxx. It's very pretty and I liked nice. it. So I got it instead. Um, anyway, I just have a running to-do list and every day, whatever doesn't get done moves to the next day. So it's very simple. Yeah. And so anything that I needed to, to do would be in there. And, you know, if I don't get it done and sometimes if there's like something coming up that's bigger than I can really, conti- like then I can break down into daily tasks. I'll have, I'll just pick a page like 10 pages back and write mm-hmm. it down there, mm-hmm. like kind of keep a running um, more, not even to do's, but just like that list, you know, mm-hmm. like the things that are upcoming or events or whatever. And I just check in with it pretty often. Um, but I just, you know, I have my to-do list. I have my Google calendar and I have uh, a Google spreadsheet and that's a just hope got and all a prayer. <laughs> and I've got a hope and a prayer. I've got a lot of energy. I got a lot of last minute energy is what yeah. I got. Yeah. And yeah. trust that it so. will all happen. Exactly. All it's right. done. It's, it's worked pretty well. I have never had a holiday where I was like, wow, that was perfect. I did everything I wanted to do, right. but I've had a lot that were really darn good. Good enough. Well, Ishana, <laughs> you go. Ishana, if you really like organization tips and stuff, we do have a few episodes I can link up in the show notes as well, where we do deep dives into our planners mm-hmm. and our systems, which we should probably, it's always fun to do that around the new year. So maybe we'll do something yeah. like that again in January. All right, we have one more question to get to, and it comes from Candace. So let's listen to that one now. Hi, Megan. Hi, Sarah. My name's Candace. I live in uh, Gig Harbor, Washington. And my question is about how to respond to or deal with negative holiday um, stress from family members or feedback, I guess, on a choice I'm making. Um, my husband and I have two littles. Um, my son, Owen, is three, and my daughter, Olivia, just turned one. And this year, instead of traveling to um, anyone else's home for Christmas Day, my cousin is hosting this year, and it is local. We would just have to drive about 40, 40 minutes away. But this year, my husband and I decided that we want to stay home with our kids. They're only little for so many years, and we really this year just wanted to stay home in our jammies, eat, take naps, play with the toys um, with our kids, and just create those special family memory memories with our kids. And I got a lot of negative feedback from my family members um, that it was a selfish choice and that they're disappointed in us for taking the kids away from them. And I just don't feel like it's a selfish choice. And just wondering what other mamas um, and what you guys think or how I should respond and what I should say. I'm kind of struggling with it a little bit. I'm still proud in my decision and still planning on staying home, but just kind of wondering what your thoughts might be and how maybe I could respond. Um, love you guys so much. Um, thank you so much for taking my question. Um, happy holidays. Okay, Sarah. Uh, I feel, I, I feel a rant coming on. Okay. I'm, I'm okay. prepared, <laughs> so, but hopefully Candace will find this validating. Okay. Um, I just, there's so many days of the year. 
I do not understand. And, and I'm like getting all tense while I'm, I have like little fists in my lap. <laughs> I don't understand why we like so rigidly stick to like this one day as the day all families have to get together and celebrate their love for each other. It's like yeah. we have, first of all, most of us have a break of some sort from work, right? So there's maybe a week, maybe yeah. two, um, or maybe not even a whole week, but maybe you get a long weekend or whatever. So you've got that. Uh, but like, you know, Candace, your, your cousin only lives like 40 miles away. So I bet you guys see each other other times. Yeah. So what I'm doing right now is saying you're totally not in the wrong to want to set your families, your nuclear family, your new family. This is a new family yes, for you. It is and your family. It is your family. And you get to create the holiday that you want. And I, I, I get so frustrated when people can't let go of this idea that everything has to happen on December 25th. And by that, I mean all the outside families. Yes. If you want your December 25th or 24th or 18th or whatever it is to happen exactly the way you want it to happen, that's your right. And I, I just think like, I mean, and I've been through it, not with Christmas day, but like with other yeah. things around the holiday where sometimes you do get that pushback. Yeah. Um, and people just get over it. They, that's all, I, I wish okay. I had better advice. No, I, I, <laughs> I have a couple of things I want to say. Okay. First of all, I want to um, recognize that it's actually much more difficult to be local with a lot of extended family. I, I know we have, that. we've got listeners who are very far from family and there's sometimes when that's really hard for sure. But I, I have been around a lot of friends who've had these issues and because most of our extended family, especially my in-laws is a plane right away. You don't run into these like gray areas where you could go, but you've decided no not to. of you. Right. Right. Like you're either right. going and it's a big deal or you're not. So I'm just validating that it's hard when you have when you have a lot of family within an hour's drive. I think that more of this comes up. But I want to address that she got negative feedback from family members that it was a selfish choice. And mm. here's what I think when people accuse someone else of being selfish, I think it is very often a sign that they are envious that they don't have the confidence to uh, do the same thing. Think so about smart. it. Like, think about if if you're saying that someone else is being selfish, maybe they're being selfish, but so often do you kind of wish like you had the gumption to, yeah. to make that choice for yourself and maybe you didn't. So I, I really feel like, first of all, you're allowed to be selfish. It's your family. Um, I, like you said, Megan, the extended family will get over it. But I think in particular, that insinuation that you're being selfish is not about you. It's about people yeah. who probably wish they had made the same decision or who kind yeah. of feel like, wow, like didn't even know that was an option. So I feel really like proud of you, Candace, yeah, that you are taking a stand and they'll get over it. They'll be fine. I'm very curious if this cousin has kids because mm -hmm. I sometimes think that the people who might see things a certain way before they have kids end up completely doing, well, it's a joke, right? Yeah. End up completely doing a 180 when they do. So I'd be curious to see if that happens or if, if the cousin does have kids, but has always set the side this day aside, maybe with like you're saying a little resentment or a little wishing they didn't have to. Now they're seeing someone else make a different choice and they're like, oh, well, yeah, you know, I wish I had done that. Yep. So um, I would say you might be able to make the appearance of a compromise and just say, you know, guys, like, December 25th, like we're really keeping that sacred just for us this year or we don't want to leave. But yep. like you're welcome to stop by on the 24th. Yeah. Again, you guys only live 40 miles away, so you can come see us yeah. or maybe throw like a like a New Year's Day party or open house or suggest that you all get together on a different day, but close to Christmas mm -hmm. um, in, in our family. And I think this is just something that's that is a benefit of having an absolutely enormous family. Kind of like Sarah, what, what you're saying is no one expects you to show up on Christmas because you're a plane right away. Yeah. In my family, no one expects you to show up on Christmas because there's like 
a thousand of us. Yeah. And we all have other things going on. Right. And everybody knows that. So it kind of has made it so that we, we all recognize like Christmas day is off. Like it's just mm-hmm. not going to happen. It's off the table. So what about December 28th? What about January 1st? And we've made different, um, like different rituals and different traditions around a slightly different day. Mm-hmm. And maybe you might have to be the one to take the lead on that and take yeah. the charge. Yeah. It doesn't have to be this year. This year is probably kind of in the books. Yeah. Um, but if that's something that's really important to you, you can maybe show that you, you know, really do want to get together with everyone and that your extended family is important to you yeah. by saying next year, I'm going to do this on this day. But yeah. you're, you know, it sounds like you're sticking to your guns and that's great. Cause I think that you're totally on the right. And I think everyone else will, They'll get over it. They'll get over it. I I love that she said everyone's disappointed in them for taking the kids away from them. I know. I mean, first of all, they're your kids. Right. That's (laughs) like really laying it on thick. There's no obligation. Um, Because she asked how she should respond and what she should say, I want to, have you seen that thing floating around the internet, Megan, where it reframes I'm sorry into thank yous? I love it. Every time it floats around. Oh, no, I haven't seen that. It's a great little way to think. Every time you are about to apologize, think about, if sometimes an apology is necessary, I'm not saying there's but no room, most but most of the time you're probably not what, really sorry. Yeah. Right? What you mean is thank you for understanding. So instead of sorry, I'm late, you say, thank you for your patience. And it's like, there's a cute little, I don't know, I'll dig it up and link it up, but it's a great way to reframe the way you think, especially for a lot of women who tend to apologize for ourselves. Yes. So when you, when you do respond, um, think about that difference. And you know, if you truly feel sorry, you can say you're sorry, but maybe what you mean is, you know, thank you so much for respecting this because this is right. what our family is going to do. And and I don't think you need to apologize. You can thank them for understanding, but you're like thanking them in advance, which is, yeah. I love it. Cause it's like, they're not actually understanding. But yeah. when you thank someone in advance for something, they kind of have to, yes. they have to get on board. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. And it's, it, it really is a very, I think, respectful way to show that this is not up for discussion. Right. Exactly. Like, yeah. Oh, it is hard. It is hard. And you'll be okay. Okay, well, we're going to wrap up. But before we do, I have a kind of a fun little story. Um, Megan, I put out a call a few weeks ago to see if we had any listeners who are designers. Um, And I connected with a mom named Jen, who coincidentally lives in Orange County, not very far from me. That's not how this started. It just is how it happened. Um, And she designed a custom holiday card for our business, which is so cute. We had so much fun going back and forth. Um, But most of all, I love that she was a listener who knows us and knows our business um, Mm. and is a mom. So I will, I'm going to post a picture of our holiday card on Instagram. So you guys can go see it and in the show notes, but I wanted to give her a shout out because she has a super cute online stationery shop. So if you like supporting mom owned businesses, if you're in the market for cute cards and prints, um, not just for the holidays, all year round. So her name is Jen and her business is called Olive and Jude. And it's just oliveandjude.com or she's Olive and Jude on Instagram. So look for that in our Instagram and on our show, no- show notes and um, go and give her a like and a follow. And um, yeah, just love supporting a mom owned business and it was so fun doing something collaborative. I, I hope that we can continue to collaborate because yeah. we, you and I are not designers. No, we talk and we think. <laughs> Um, but it's so cool to have somebody we who don't make things pretty make it hands. pretty yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I love it so thanks to Jen for that thanks Jen and guys we do have a Tuesday episode next week we're getting closer to the holidays so come back with us on Tuesday and we'll talk to you then Sarah I have been having just the best time making my new podcast The Teas Made I launched back in November and so far I've covered topics like staying warm on cold winter walks 
nurturing creativity, how to be a great host, and even Nordic secrets to loving winter. Well, you know I am fan number one of The Teas Made. It's got such a cozy vibe, and it seems like you've really hit your stride in covering topics like wellness, self-care, comforting rituals and routines, and home and family life. Just look for The Teas Made with Megan Francis wherever you get your podcasts, or head to theteasmade.com to find all the episodes. The Mom Hour is brought to you by partners like Chatbooks. Chatbooks makes it beyond easy to create beautiful photo books by importing your digital photos from anywhere. Instagram, Facebook, Google Photos, or directly from your phone. The books come in a variety of sizes with beautiful cover options and binding styles to choose from, and they start at just $15. Plus, we have a great deal just for our listeners. Use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20% off your purchase. Just download the Chatbooks app and use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20%.